0: Podcast world. This is your host, Doug, and you're listening to the Bo Duck Kayak Fishing Podcast. Today we're interviewing Stephen Fisher. He won the Tall Timbers Bass Cash event. Stay tuned and we'll get the audio right up. All right. You still there? Yep. All right. So, you won the Tall Timbers
1: Bass Cash, correct? Yeah, I did. It, it was a fun tournament. I'm happy they put it on and stuff. And yeah, awesome. it's nice to have that kind of a setup, like a Sealy's Bass Tournament, but kayak tournament. So I think all the guys had fun, and I hope they start, you know, trying to spin off some of those more tournaments to get, you know, more people to start liking
0: them. Rod, right. is this the first one that Tall Timbers has done? Oh.
1: i had someone try to call me.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, thought I lost you for a minute. Is this well, the first one? I got the FL to- FLW tournament coming up this uh, weekend. So I got a whole bunch of those guys calling me night to see if I want to go practice. the or trying to figure out how the weather is up here because they live, you know, over by San Antonio or live in Louisiana. Right. Yeah, I heard it's getting hit pretty bad down there right now. Yeah, it's been raining for about two days nonstop. So you're in the,
0: the, yep. you're in the Lufkin area, ain't you? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So you uh you won with the big bass uh twenty three and a half inches. How'd you manage that?
1: Well, you know, I, I went to my spots that I originally planned to go to. Deterred a little bit because I heard some uh, fish, you know, busting on shad back in this little bay. So I went back there and I caught my second and third biggest bass back there. Just throwing a weighted wacky rig. And <clears throat> finally, I went back to my, my bank I hit. And that's when I caught my, you know, my five. And I already had a game plan on how how I was gonna work the standings. Cause I figured a lot of people would just submit their fish real fast. I and mean, I was gonna wait till the last minute to submit them. And that first hour, Keith finally gave up on his spot and he came over to see how his, I was doing. And I told him where the fish were busting, and he casted it in there and he caught his big fish. And I told him like, All right, man, let me look look at the standings. We got about five minutes left. And I'm like, man, you would have Big Bass. Submit it, submit it, submit it. And he submitted it, and he got Big Bass that first hour. And I was like, man, man, that's all the – that's all right. You got it. Because he always complains that's that he never makes money in tournaments. So, awesome.
0: Uh, yeah. so That's awesome. So – $1,000 an hour,
1: wasn't it? It was 500 500 For him. I mean, you know, it was $500 for the, the three divided up. So – Oh, okay. That's awesome. Me and him kept fishing that bank, and we kind of—I wasn't feeling good, so it kind of slowed me down. We we were really picking apart everything. There was no power fishing or nothing. It was just finesse every little spot we can. And uh, finally, I gave up on that spot and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go try one of my points." So I started going towards it, and that's when Adam, one of the ones that caught a big bass. Shot across the lake and actually fished that point right before I got to it. And I was like, well, all right, well, I'm just out here fishing. I let him fish it. And I watched him catch that 22 incher that he caught right in front of me. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I should have raced him for it. But I didn't let it get to me too bad. And he left that point and was starting to fish down the side. So I know how good a point that point is. So I went back, I went over there and started fishing it. And he came back, decided to leave. I went around the corner of that point, and that's when I caught it. And I was actually starting to try to submit one of my fish one step at a time while I was casting, and I caught that fish trying to submit another fish into the x website. So I was pretty lucky on that one.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. It's good that you caught that fish, you know, after he had already
1: hit that point already. That's that's pretty good. Well, nice. I caught some others that didn't help me, too, from that point. He was throwing a really, really big jig. And, you know, I go in there and, and finesse with the, that trick or that uh, wacky rig. And it was just something different that grabbed a lot more than that, that jig. Right. How long have you been kayak fishing, man? Probably about... I've been kayak fishing for about three years. Probably tournament fishing about two. I started right. off this people kinda of peer pressure me. And they had my first kayak tournament actually came at Natchitoches, Cool. For Texas kayak fisherman. And I tied for fifth. Ended up getting sixth because my second fish or my big fish was smaller than his. Really? Kayak tournament I actually got sixth place.
0: That's awesome, man.
1: You're a stick for sure. I it was in that one. It was in a little ten foot Aruba sunfish. I was out there fishing against all those guys and their hobbies and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of boat you in now? It's a Jas- Jackson Liska. And drive and it's I've I've upgraded three kayaks now. I've went from that that aruba, which all my friends and me have called it Old Blue. And I upgraded to a heritage redfish, seeing the differences. And, you know, I love the speed out of the the redfish, but it didn't have that much stability. And then, you know, I got to become good friends with the buck from Tall Timbers Outdoors, and he convinced me into using him at Liska. And, man, I think it was a game changer. I, I could stand up. I can turn around in that thing. I can, I can do a whole bunch of stuff in that thing that I never even thought about possible. And my other two, like, right. ac- like I hung up on a log and, you know, I knew I caught a whole bunch of fish on that, that one hook. And I was like, man, I'm getting that hook back. And I was able to go up as far as I could. And I was actually on the very right front of that kayak reaching my rod out and got that hook off that log and was able to sneak back to the middle of that kayak and get off of everything without going swimming. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I just switched uh, to a Jackson Cusa FD myself. I was yeah. in a 12 <coughs> C12T, and I got on that Cusa, man, and you're right. It, they're game changers. I really like the Jackson line.
1: Yeah, and the, the is a little bit more stable than the Cusa. Cusas are made for, you know, if you're going down a river and stuff. So they got a little bit of lean in them for the help you turn. Because I've been in Keith's Cusa before, and it's a little bit different. If you want to turn faster, it's definitely a lot better kayak, and you ain't going to take as many waves over the front. I've had right. situations where in Alaska, I'd be hitting one-foot waves and they'd be coming up over the front of that thing, but it's not really made for that. Right. What got
0: you into kayak fishing? I know you are doing the bass boat thing before, weren't
1: you? Yeah, I started in the FLW just to see what I can learn. But Like, my first two years, I went out, I was just learning stuff. You know, I, I figured, you know, I think it was $115 at the time. It's almost like a guided fishing trip that you can win money in. So, that that was my mindset when I first went in my first year. And I ended up making it to regionals that year and getting 10th in regionals. Which is, like, crazy for your first year in the FLW. And... Uh, now my mindset's a little bit different. I go out to try to win all the time and stuff. I'm starting to get where I'm trying to tell my boaters what to do, but most of the time they don't listen. <laughs> but if, if I had my own bass boat, I'd probably go in as a boater now. But I'm still going. Just hoping. You, know, you always learn something new fishing with somebody. Every day, every day you're on the water, you're
0: going to learn something new. That's for sure. Uh, I was looking at your stats on Turning X, and it shows that you've been in 27 tournaments, top 10. You were in 20 out of 27 tournaments, 23 of them, you were top 10, with 15 finishes in the top three. That's awesome, man. That's that's really good. Let's see. So what's your favorite technique? You like uh, power fishing versus finesse fishing, or you just mainly stick with finesse?
1: I mainly stick with finesse every once in a while. If I got the wind going with me or something, I'll power fish. But since I do have a hand-drive kayak, and always had a hand-drive kayak, I like finesse fishing because you can cast, readjust your kayak, fish, 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 readjust your kayak, fit, you know. Power fishing, you really, it's hard to do when you're trying to paddle and stuff. So, right. It's kind of, <coughs> Kayak fishing has definitely taught me to slow down. Right. Like, like I said, when you fish with those FLW guys, man, they're just go, 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 go. And you're just like, hey, man, we just caught fish over there. Why don't we go ahead and let's hit it some more? And they're, they're going the bat on the bank more. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I've
0: heard that, you know, kayak fishing really teaches you to break down water a lot better.
1: Yeah. It's like, well, before kayak fishing, I was, I shore fished a lot. And that even makes you have to break down even more because you're stuck to a little tiny stretch of land that you can fish. So that also helps if you, you know go try to bank fish a little bit you're gonna have to really slow down and break down a a bank while you're fishing kayak fishing you ain't gonna be able to go that far so you still you break it down a little bit less you know more over more you know ground that you can cover definitely you have to have a different mindset for kayak fishing and i usually credit my success to fishing you know my mindset I'm just going out there fishing. I ain't in a tournament. Most of my good finishes are just me going out there having fun. Right. I'll go out, I'll catch my fish. Like, I was in the Southeast Bass League tournament in Sheldon, and I caught, I was catching fish. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to go see where everybody's at. So I quit fishing. I just went around the lake and just started talking to people for about, you know, 30 minutes. <laughs> Landed in. Went to a new spot, like <clears throat> caught two more that were pretty good size, and uh, the guy that I just talked to came over and was like, "Man, do you know those fish are there?" I'm like, "I had an idea, but I was just by the spot. I figured I'd try it out." <laughs> so that, that's that's one thing that a lot of people mess up in is their their mindset on fishing tournaments. Like they get too too into, "Oh my God, I need to catch this fish. I need to go this way. I need to go that way. I need to," you know. I usually a little bit more laid back when I fish my tournaments. I, you see me, my feet kicked up. I'm, you know, I ain't gonna kill myself for the fish. And usually when I find myself slipping into that that mindset of the tournament, you know, just try to catch as much as I can as fast as I can, I do worse. I usually have to catch myself and say, "Hey, man, I need to slow down. Let's go back to how I usually am." I get All the right. monthly, so I... Sometimes I just go out for an hour or two. If I don't catch nothing, I don't catch nothing. But I've been lucky where, you know, this those hour one hour or two hours that I'm out there that I've been able to catch a good one. A lot of those good finishes are actually, you know, monthly tournaments where you catch your best five over a month.
0: Right. You so I'm guessing you do a lot of the monthly online tournaments then, huh?
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty fun. you're it allows someone like with me that has this a mindset that they want to go fish and be able just to go out and have fun and then at the same time make a little bit of money off of it.
0: Right. That's what I started doing was online tournaments, but I haven't won any yet. You still there, I lose you?
1: Yeah, you tried calling again. I'll have to Oh, okay. Is it flooding down there yet, Fisher?
0: I hear you. So, I got to ask, Fisher, your real last name, or were you just lucky to be born with it? (laughs)
1: That's my real last name. Uh, That's another thing that my friends peer pressured me into. I I like fishing, and uh, they said, man, why are not you in a tournament scene? Man, you have a perfect last name for it. That's another one of the reasons why I kind of snuck into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm thankful that my dad, you know, he, he got me into fishing. We went out every once in a while and stuff, and... He taught me a lot of, you know, the patient stuff and all that, you know, because you would sit down and he'd get a beer, light a cigarette, and that's usually when the fish would catch. And, you know, you'd, you'd be fighting to try and figure out where you're going to put everything while you set the hook and stuff. I'd watch him do that. He'd catch a whole bunch of fish. And I was, I kind of, that's how my mindset started. I was like, shoot, every time you start doing something or, you know, slow down, that's usually when they bite.
0: Yeah. So, let's get into your gear, man. Uh, What kind of rods and reels are you using?
1: Well, <clears throat> probably another thing that probably helped me with my l- success is I usually don't throw tons of money at my fishing stuff. i started off with, like, ugly stick rods and all that. and I'm probably slowly upgraded to about medium, you know, price range right now. I got... Some lose rods and some uh ALX rods I like, which are about, you know, the medium price range, about a thousand or a uh, hundred dollars. And then I still even I haven't even really upgraded my reels. I still have the hundred dollar lose reels from Walmart and all that. So so I said I'm I have had a couple of friends actually give me the nickname uh KVDB, Kevin Van Dam on a budget. <laughs>
0: I was going to ask you about that. i seen that on your Facebook page, the uh, KVDB. I was going to ask who gave you that nickname. I
1: think the original person is Louise from uh, DSKA. He made the joke about it one time. You know, I fish like Kevin Van Dam. I just don't have the resources. (laughs) (laughs) It's no joke. I
0: understand. That's what I fish with. I fish with $100 Rods and $100 reels. I'm using the Shimano SLX right now. Yeah. But the more they you
1: see. the more you upgrade, the more you see how, you know, the difference of the feel and all that. So it's, it's kind of like that one song you start from the bottom, now you're up to the top. Of the, it's working your way up.
0: No joke. But hey, man, there's guys that go out there and catch them on Zepco 33s. It don't really matter what you catch them on as long as you're having fun.
1: Well, like one of my one of my funnest tournaments that uh dska dirty south Ka- kayak anglers threw was a a kid rod challenge. where you couldn't change the line it was just a kiddie pole that you take out there that kids use and we we're trying to see who could catch the big catch the biggest fish and that I think it was for a month and that that was probably one of the funnest tournaments that you know a lot of us have been in because you know this is the challenge of trying to catch <coughs> Fish on that thing but it's only about four, you know, three foot or four foot long, it was definitely a challenge. And you know, I ended up losing to two redfish guys catching redfish. But I think mm-hmm. I had the lead for if they were to broke it up in salt and fresh. I caught a I think about a four pound drum on that kitty pole.
0: I can't believe they caught a redfish on a kitty pole. That's crazy.
1: Once <laughs> you set your dry good, you're good. Yeah. Like, cause I know that's one of the things that between salt and fresh uh, water fishermen is the difference between bass and red redfish. And you see them saying one's better than the other. They're they're not comparable. The two different fish fight completely different. They're, you know, bass are more smart. They'll try to spit the hook. They'll wrap you around stuff. They'll you know, but after that initial you know thirty second fight, so most of them will just give up. If they haven't wrapped you or snapped your line or something, redfish—they'll just go in straight lines. They'll pull drag. They'll—they'll they'll t- pull you around everywhere, but they'll stay in the deep water and not even go close to structure. Really? Or is just crazy. So if you—you if you don't have your drag set, they're gonna snap you off or straight hooks out.
0: Right. Uh, see, I've never even fished uh, for redfish or anything in the saltwater. Tournaments
1: anyway. All I've stuck to is pretty much bass, catfish, and crappie. I've been up my salt probably about five times. My biggest redfish is I think twenty-six and a half. Yeah, that's a
0: giant fish to me, man.
1: <laughs> I've never <laughs> caught
0: one that big that's a giant. What bait you use out there for your redfish?
1: Uh I just used a jig head and I think it was a Controlled descent lure that my friend David gave me, where they you know they don't sink that fast. And I just was working the edge of the the marsh, and that's pretty much the only way I know how to catch them right now. Is just the edge of the marsh.
0: Right. But, hey, that's you know. more I know. And, that's why I asked you because I'm not, I'd like to know. I've always wanted to go try it out. I plan on going this year, this coming up year, 2020 season
1: one good thing with one of the groups I'm in, a lot of them are saltwater fishermen, and they want to learn how to catch bass. So usually most of us will talk about, hey, I'll take you saltwater fishing. If you teach me how to uh, catch some good bass, I can easily catch. And I actually did that a couple, probably about a month and a half ago. I took Mariel, and he's he's really big scene down there in saltwater fishing. I took him down to Sheldon Reservoir, and uh, he was wanting to give up. He was like, man, there ain't no fish here. Let's let's go try another spot. I told him no, man. They're they're here. We just have to find them. And about midday, we found them a little bit in a different spot of the the lake. And he, he was telling me, man, he's like, man, I was ready to give up. And he caught his PB there that day for you know unstocked pond PB. And yeah, he was all excited. Now I just have to get down there and go saltwater fishing one of these days with him. See if you can put me on some good redfish or trout.
0: I hear you. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, back to the tall timber event. What all baits did you try before you started getting bit on that wacky rig, or did you just pretty much stick to the wacky rig?
1: Well, I didn't get to do no practice. Last time I was out there, it was probably about a month prior. So, I knew what they were biting on then, and I knew the weather and everything hadn't really changed too much. So, I I knew I had my top water on and I had the the wacky rig on. I started off throwing the frog, and I went over right over where some of them were busting, and I didn't get a bite. So, I immediately would change to that, that wacky rig setup. And, bam, I caught a fish, like, on the second, third cast. So I figured, okay, they're, they're wanting this, this worm. And I pretty much just stayed on it all day. I'd throw something else here and there just to see if I would catch something, like, a cast or two. But pretty much just stayed to that. And the good thing about that, uh, it's a Clara Head by Wicked Weights. It's weighted. So you don't have, you can actually fish it a little bit faster than you do if it was weightless. You, you know, stick the rod tip up in the air a little bit more. You can control the descent of it. And at Natchitoches, where you have those that, that timber and log jams, it allows you to drop that bait down faster to, you know, a deeper structure on the shoreline. Because I was catching my fish in about 5 to 10 foot of water. And, you know, that extra weight just allows it to get down there a little bit faster and work it a little bit, you know, all the way back to the boat. Or, uh, did you see
0: a lot of people fishing out deep with it being hot like this?
1: Not too many people. We we kind of publicly, you know, some of us knew that there was a, a thermocline on that lake. It was about 10 foot. And 10 foot below that, there wasn't that much oxygen in that lake. So most people would have realized that. That's why I didn't really see too many people out deep. A couple people tried the roadbed, but, Majority of the fish were caught
0: up shallow. That's cool. I just learned something new. I didn't know that lake had a thermocline that shallow. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: I couldn't see the bike finder, but my buddies, we could, you know, that's one thing, that you know, I plan on upgrading is fish finders. I, I, I can read all those fancy ones thanks to my FLW, you know, buddies and stuff. But I just haven't got one in my kayak yet. I just got cheap, you know. Put three
0: in my kayak just to tell me how deep I am. Right. Yeah, I was was thinking about getting a Hummingbird 7SV. I don't know much about them, but
1: I really want to put a side scan on my kayak. Yeah, it's definitely a game changer. You you know, I'm surprised. Like a lot of people always tease me about not having, you know, a big screen TV on my kayak. And usually when I do good in my tournaments, that's some of, some of the stuff they say. is like, yeah, he brought no big screen TV or nothing on his kayak, and he's beating us. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, it's guys like you. You are the sleepers. They never know what's coming. So where did you find the bite? I know that you were saying you are throwing up close to a point and around the bank. Were you fixing, like, grass or just wood? <coughs>
1: well, my big fish. It was caught on the grass edge. All my other ones were caught in like a log jam edge where all wow. the log got pushed up against the, uh, the shoreline. And they'll, they're right on the edge of those logs, using the logs as cover, to, you know, ambush shad when they fall or something falls between those logs. So those were, those were my two major spots I knew that those fish were. That's awesome. I'm stuck to that all damn day. (laughs) Yeah. That's, hey, once you
0: get on a bite like that, though, you really don't want to change. At least I don't, but I'm not that great of a fisherman either. (laughs) So I'll kind of move around sometimes, but really, if I get on a good bite, I'll usually stick with it myself. Let's see. So what kind of tournaments you got coming up? I know you said you had the FLW. Do you plan on fishing like the Lone Star Throwdown or anything like
1: that? Yeah, I took the time off for it so I could see if I took, see if they approved me for it. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to the Lone Star Throwdown. Awesome. Should be fun. It's a completely different lake than I'm used to fishing. But uh, with the FLW, like regionals and stuff, <coughs> we we move around a lot more. And usually when I'm in a in a new spot and the bite's kind of hard i usually will do pretty good so we'll see how that goes no nothing about the lake or nothing so i'll probably find
0: someone to follow around the flw do you uh do you travel out of state for that or is it kind of like kayak fishing where you have your regions in your own state
1: yeah you have your regions like my region is the cowboy division which I usually stick to Toledo and uh, Sam Rayburn. And okay. after, after the, you know, your five tournaments, if you're 45 and points are better, you can go to regionals. Like this regionals that we got is in uh, Grand Lake, Oklahoma. So if I can make three spots up, get up into the top 45, I'll be going to Grand Lake in about a month. So wow. that would be a fun experience.
0: And yeah, that'd you, be that'd be really cool. I've never fished anywhere out of Texas, really. But,
1: and then if you finish in the top six in that, you get the chance to go to the All-American, which is like the biggest payday for amateur bass fishermen, you know, <clears throat> in all these, from BAS, BASS to FLW, it's the, win the most money.
0: Right. How much did you end up taking from the Tall Timber event?
1: $1,400. Awesome. Uh, I got the biggest stringer, biggest overall, big bass. I won an hour, hourly bass, and then second place for an hourly bass. And I had a 19-inch fish, too, but I just submitted it at the wrong time. I started having trouble with uh, the, the app. and submitted the fish at the wrong time, or that fish would have got me some money, too.
0: Right on.
1: Yeah, I know
0: that, you know, out there on the lakes, that's one of the problems sometimes is you don't have service and that apple glitch. And sometimes, you know, you just got to submit them when you can.
1: Yeah. (coughs) I fished the Nacogdoches tournament. Nacogdoches is one of my home lakes. I, I grew up when I was in Texas fishing. And I had a pretty good stringer, but like I go back to that mindset thing. My mindset in the beginning of the day was good. I was just out there fishing. Once I seen some guys catch a bigger fish in front of me, my mindset went to, I need to catch, I'm going to win this, I'm going to, you know. I started fishing too fast, and I stopped catching fish. And I still don't blame myself for this, but you know, I was pretty much going to go all or nothing. I was going to win that tournament or I wasn't going to score my fish. And I didn't give myself enough time to go submit the fish and I didn't get to submit any, and if I would have submitted them, I would have had a seventh place finish in that one. But I ended up getting twenty fourth because I didn't submit anything, which cost me no money or nothing. It just, you know, one of those. Well, it'll look better on my stats. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, do you have
0: any uh, sponsors or anything?
1: Yeah, I'm sponsored by Tall Timbers. They helped me out. Like, you know, when I first started and I went and talked to him and stuff, he he seemed that I had potential, and, you know, that I was willing to help him try to grow his business because I really like seeing a local tackle shop, you know, around this area. And they had that Tri Lake Timbers place and it went out of business. So I know how hard it is to keep a business running like that. So I, I told him, I, even if I wasn't sponsored by him, I was going to help him try to. You know, stay in business and staying, you know, but he, him and uh, Julie have really ran that place nice. Like the prices ain't super high and, you know, them throwing this tournament and stuff to show their gratitude for, you know, the people that, you know, help them out and for the kayaking community, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that and I'm happy that they're there. And my other sponsor is uh wicked weights, tungsten quality tungsten and they help me out a lot, you know. They, they ask me about their products and stuff. I use them a lot. I usually use them till they fall apart, <laughs> I, you know. Like they're shaky heads, I've caught a lot of fish on, and they have a underspin that helped me, you know, get fifth place in Sheldon through those lily pads instead of throwing top water that a lot of people were having trouble with, you know, the hookup ratio. Most of the times, if you have a good swimmer, uh, swimmers weedless swim bait to throw in there, your hookup ratio would be a lot higher than a frog. And that helped me out at that like.
0: I gotta ask, does that tungsten really make a difference versus the lead?
1: Yeah. Uh, that That's one thing that I was kind of skeptical about being, you know, on a budget like I always am and stuff. <coughs> so I went over to them and I think that's one of the reasons why I got on their team is because I was one of the ones that was kind of skeptical and they figured they could, you know, change my mind about it, you know, by getting me on there and, you know, I started using it and yeah, there there is a big difference. I could, you know, you can definitely feel a lot more and the, uh, the weights are smaller. So they go through the water better, but you still have that same weight as like a lead. And, uh, Overall, it's just it's something it's easier to fish with. Right. It's just more painful if you snap off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. I've seen them in Academy and stuff for like $10 a pack for just a couple weights. Yeah. And I'm kind of like you. I'm on a budget. I can't afford to just go out and waste money <laughs> <laughs> the way I see it. Well, that's good, man. The wicked weights and tall timbers. Good to do. Well, man, I think that's all I got for you. I appreciate you coming on the
1: podcast. All right, no problem. Uh, you should, like, like, always should keep a good mindset on, you know, how you fish. Like, for all those new anglers out there, just go out there and catch one fish at a time. That's how I used to always do uh, my FLW tournaments. As soon as I caught that first fish, I was like, I'm going across that stage. Nothing else matters now. I'm I'm going to calm down. I got that one fish. And usually the other four will come. And, you know, in the FLW, I have pretty good stats, too. I got a, let's see, a second place, fifth place, seventh, and a thirteenth. My best four finishes. Awesome. And all those, I was out there fishing. Yeah. And never got, you know, too ahead of myself. Just go out there and have fun. Once you go out there and try to win money, and you know, get yourself trying to, you know, pay bills and stuff, that's when you start hurting yourself. Just go out there and have fun. Just fish like go fish like any other day that you're just out there on the lake.
0: I think that's probably something a lot of tournament anglers mess up on as they go out there and they're worried about the money. You really, yeah. like you said, you just got to have fun with it. Every time I go out there, I'm just out there to have fun. I don't care if I catch a fish or not. I mean, what is it? $30, $40 dinner, a tournament? I mean, yeah. I really, if that's breaking my bank, I don't need to be in tournaments anyway. <laughs> yeah. <know>? <coughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It, it, it's, it's low. It, it, you can make a lot of money off them if you can get up and, like, the FOW scene, it's the top. 20% usually get paid. So the first place doesn't get huge amount of money, but you get a pretty good amount of money. Kayak scene, it's more off of, you know, the top five or top three, which, you know, it can be pretty profitable if you can learn how to get in the top five every time. That's right. why I've been lucky that, you know, with the monthly tournaments and stuff, that I'm always up there in the running. And I have pretty good amount of luck on my side. Like I've got to fish with Scott Martin before. Just randomly showing up at a, a tour event. Got to be his marshal. His his marshal did show up. Sometimes luck pays off in these tournaments too.
0: Right. So pretty in the FLW are you uh are you on the front of the boat most of the time or are you usually on the back of the boat?
1: I'm on the back as a co-angler,
0: right?
1: Which you know, the the guy in the front is in his own little tournament too. So you're not competing against anybody in the front; you're competing against everybody else in the back of the boat. Oh, I didn't know that. Either or not, it's it's a huge disadvantage to be back there. But majority of the time, I catch more fish than my my boater. And as a co-angler, it also teaches you how to adapt to you know someone fishing different or something. Instead, right. you, know, <coughs> you always learn something.
0: See, I didn't know the co-anglers were actually kind of like in their separate tournament. I thought y'all were fishing against the guys in the front of the boat, too. Uh,
1: we're we're against everybody in the back. We're right. against all the other co-anglers. And the boaters are against all the other boaters. Well, that's Did something you, new I like. You don't you, you can't tell where you're gonna go, you can't you know the only thing you can do is just fish the way you wanna fish wherever the boater's taking you. Like if the if the boaters going super shallow, fishing a frog, you're stuck almost either throwing a frog or a cinco. If he's out deep, you're gonna have to try to set up for deep, throwing Carolina rig or something and you're gonna have to throw a Carolina rig with him or a deep crankbait. So like I said, it where it you have to adapt to your boater.
0: Yeah, I can see where you'd have to learn a lot real quick doing that. Mm-hmm. I've never uh I've never really fished with people on a big bass boat. I've went out with some buddies of mine and stuff, but we're always kind of doing the same thing, just beating the bank. I mean hitting piles yeah. and stuff like that.
1: Grass edges and ledges. Yeah, I've learned quite a few techniques how to flip. I throw Carolina rigs. They teach me how to use their electronics. You know, if if you if you go into one of those tournaments, friendly, and you know, as like you know, telling them that, hey man, we'll try te- we'll try to keep this like a team tournament, but we're separate. we're, we're gonna help each other out, stuff, and yeah, the, they'll be more than helpful, and they won't cut you off and stuff. That's another thing with the people complaining about being a co angler is the boaters will be so selfish that they don't, you know let you fish anything i've had a couple that are kind of like that that it's just a struggle to fish behind them but luckily i'm nice enough that they start feeling bad and they'll start giving me little spots to fish and stuff
0: <laughs>
1: yeah
0: well man i gotta get off here but i appreciate you uh hopping on talking some fishing with me all
1: right no problem hopefully right, i'll see man. you at the water some more and you know I'll maybe be out there one of these days.
0: Absolutely. I'll be out there at the Lone Star Throwdown, so I'll have to call you and get with you, and maybe we can do a live podcast. Oh, that sounds good. All right, man. Well, right. You, you have a good day, Stephen, and I really appreciate it, Buck.
1: take care, man.
0: Yep. Good luck to you this weekend.
1: All right. Thanks, man.
0: Yes, sir. All right, everyone, this concludes the podcast for today. I appreciate y'all listening. If you could, please uh, like and share this podcast. Get all your friends listening, too. We really appreciate the support. Tune in next week, and we'll have another uh, interview. Should have one for the Lone Star Throwdown, and hopefully we'll have one on the KFW Tournament Series as well. Y'all have a good day. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Bowed Up Kayak Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and today we're going over the Lone Star Throwdown with Duke Train and Dan Onstott. I was having a little bit too much fun in this episode, drinking a little beer and cutting up. Hopefully that doesn't offend any of y'all. If so, I apologize in advance. I'd also like to apologize to Duke Train and Dan for getting a little rowdy I hope y'all enjoy the episode and I hope it answers any questions y'all may have about the Lone Star Throwdown stay tuned alright guys this is going to wrap it up for this podcast like I said some of the audio we recorded cannot be used it uh, had a lot of background noise in it and just didn't sound good but if you would share with all your friends give us a rating i know that we're new to this but it can only get better with time we appreciate y'all listening have a good day